Amazon lights a fire in the tablet market, plus Apple predictions, that and more. This is the World in My Pocket podcast. bad so looking at it this week we're, we're going to run a sh- short show because of the fact that we're going to be doing a reaction show tomorrow on what's going on with apple I but feel like a kid on christmas eve i know it's just you can't wait till santa comes right i'm leaving out my black turtleneck for uh santa claus to come by oh well, well, I, we don't even know if tim cook's gonna be gonna be pulling off the uh steve jobs impersonation look i well like you said earlier if he if tim cook comes in a black turtleneck <laughs> if tim cook comes out in a black turtleneck you know what he has to play off of his uh whole texan vibe yeah that's yeah. that's right he's got like a george w bush thing going doesn't he right yeah i want to see him come out in a 10 gallon hat that has an apple insignia on the front of it <laughs> he actually walks in there's a 10 gallon hat and that's what the iphone 5 is under <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the big presentation. And, and now I'd like to introduce you to the iPhone 5. And there we go. It's under a 10-gallon hat. Uh, thank you. This well, is it. Hmm? Luckily, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about just before the Apple press conference. The yes. thing that happened this week was uh, definitely Amazon's big uh, announcement. Yes, the Kindle Fire. Yeah. Um, the whole Kindle lineup is really going with a new, uh, a new spin. I really like how they're dropping the price point on the original Kindle, adding advertisements to it. What, yeah, $79? That's stocking stuff for material right there. I mean, anything really under 100 is becomes an impulse buy. When you make something that big on technology, I mean, like a like an ebook reader, I mean, that, that instantly kind of changes the game. We're going to see a lot more of these things already than we already have just blow up, especially with their... There are other variations on the models when you come to, like, for instance, the Kindle Fire. I mean, uh, putting an Android tablet at 199 that is revolutionary. Well, the only other people that I know that actually did this was that was with uh, Barnes & Noble when they brought out the Nook Color. And I, I have a Nook Color. I actually just gave it to my brother recently. I love it. I It really worked very well. It was a little underpowered, but... Uh, it looks like Amazon's not going to have the same problem. What we're looking at, what a dual core processor, gigahertz dual core processor. You're looking at a pretty substantial amount of RAM, a seven inch IPS screen. I mean, they really didn't skimp out on the uh, the specs on this thing. I think Amazon knew exactly what they were doing, and I think they let they let a lot of other competitors put out their their material with the same kind of specs first and uh, kind of focused on driving home uh, a price point advantage. Well, when you look at, for instance, let's say the BlackBerry Playbook. Uh, with the BlackBerry Playbook, you got the same exact specs almost as a Kindle Fire. I mean, it's running even a similar form factor. Uh, I, well, it's, I think it's what the same uh, manufacturer or the same designer is the one that's actually doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, but the thing is, I mean, you get a BlackBerry Playbook, sure, they just lower the price down to two ninety nine, but when it launched, it was a $500 tablet. I mean, and let alone the thing was powerless unless you had BlackBerry Bridge. 
Exactly. And the other interesting thing was that I there was doing uh, emulation of uh, Android applications, even though you couldn't do everything because they were saying, oh, well, the APIs don't necessarily work all that well. The, um, the one thing that I am really digging about this Amazon Fire is so much that it's a competent tablet, but at the same time, it's also got the one thing that I think Am that Android tablets have been lacking, and that's content, that you actually have this content ecosystem that works relatively well, and they have already content partners that are already talking about uh, you have music, movies, applications. I mean, you have everything all right there. I mean, that how, how much to an ecosystem that's comparative to Apple? I mean, that only I think Amazon can actually knock that out. Well, I'm, I mean, just to just to see what Amazon can do with their form factor in it in itself. I mean, they, like I've said before, with that with that whole price point advantage, you're taking that ecosystem that you talked about and, and changing the aspects of it. People used to be able to pay, or people, I mean, up to today and past today, are still going to justify in their head spending $400 on the cheapest version of the iPad 2. People are going to sit there and be like, look at all the content I can make, because that's kind of what the iPad's built itself around. They're, Apple's trying to build this new kind of digital ecosystem of a tablet market, where the average consumer doesn't need a computer anymore. You know, the average consumer is looking to go for something like an iPad. But then again, you also have an iPad is also, uh, what, $499 is a base model for an iPad, where you're looking at $199 here for this model. See, but the, 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 strength that, the only strength that Apple has left is this Kindle thing is kind of more about consuming uh, media. It's more about here's where you can watch your stuff. Here's where you can present your stuff. Here's where you can read your books. Here's where you, can, you, you are consuming media. Whereas the, on the iPad, they're, they're showing off the email client. They're showing off apps that you draw. They're showing the games that you're playing. They're showing active things with the iPad. And I felt really from Amazon's uh, whole approach to this, it was more of a thing of they uh, they don't want to show off things like that because it doesn't have the same powers as the iPad yet. They're kind of basing this market off of a thing where it's, it's based on consuming. The uh, I think the thing also with Amazon is that they – they also already have an install base of Kindles, and, and you are—they're running off of a brand that they've had for a couple of years now. And it's the whole—it's the, whole, the whole brand name effect. I mean, like nowadays, if you—if you blow your nose, you're—you're you're getting a Kleenex. Exactly. Your Windows, you're getting Windex. You're not getting glass cleaner. I mean, and that's what the ebook market has become. It's—it's it's, everyone sees an ebook reader and assumes it's a Kindle. Right, and I think the—the the interesting thing is that that you've had manufacturers pumping out tablets, 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 because they think that there's this huge tablet market, except everybody and their mother, I think, has the consensus now. It's it's not so much that there's a tablet market. There are a lot of people who are buying a lot of tablets. There's a lot of people buying a lot of iPads. Or I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's the problem I'm having. Is, is there's, there's a lot of people buying the iPad. There's not, a lot of, there's not another option for people. And I think Amazon really got the eye on this, uh, especially with their, their whole ecosystem of Amazon itself. I mean, we've all used Amazon. We all know that once you buy something, they're trying to sell you five other things. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of they're going to be able to throw this in the face of every American nonstop until we all have it. It's, you know, the, everyone thought that HP or Microsoft was going to have this, this new wave of, of, of method to compete with, with Apple, but I mean, six months ago, Ago, if you would have asked me who's the biggest competitor to, to the iPad, I, I wouldn't even consider.
consider Amazon. You know, then they released their own market on Android, and it does very, very well. And uh, I mean, they're they're really unlocking Android, and they're figuring out right and if you actually look at the user interface on this thing it doesn't even ha i mean it doesn't even look like android uh, <laughs> it looks like if you got web os and slapped over some playbook action and then threw a little bit of android in everything and then don't get me even started on the on the ebook i mean that's a that's a direct rip off of ipad Oh, exactly. And I think what you're going to do is you're going to get Kindle users who are, you know, when you first got the Kindle, it was going for like, what, $3.99 or something like that when it first came out. So now you have people who've had an older device, which, I mean, compared to now is, is an ugly device. If you've seen the first the first iteration of the Kindle. It was it was ugly, but I mean, it's, it kind of had that whole effect like the G1 when it first came out. It was just, you know, that looks odd. I want to use it. It was a prototype that everybody wanted. It was a, it was a basically an advanced prototype that people put out that the that they put out on the market to see how people would react to it. Yeah, yeah, essentially. I mean, they they did it. They they took a gamble in a time when when taking a gamble in the e-reader market wasn't an issue. Well, it looked like it paid off because I mean, you created Amazon created this e-reader market. They. They were the ones that popularized it. And now that you have, I, and I think Amazon may be able to do that for Android tablets as well. I, I think so too, but I think the, the biggest thing is uh, I personally am a tech geek. I have a fetish almost where I have to buy the next best thing. Uh, I, my, my, my bank account is constantly doing a three-month swindle on cell phones and laptops and TVs. And it just... It it uh, I have not once felt like I needed to buy a tablet, and now that I saw this Amazon Kindle Fire, it, it was the first time I saw something and said I could use that. Yeah, and I I I'll want to spend the money to use that. Yeah, and I have an iPad, and I, I actually really like it. You know, using it for class, using it for pleasure. I mean, it's just the the web browsing ability on that is really nice. And I think a seven inch form factor is really going to be good. But we have yet to see how that's going, or how that's going to do with Amazon. But um, speaking of that that iPad, I mean, tomorrow at that press conference, man, tomorrow at our Christmas and our unveiling, when we get up all early to see Santa come down the stage on a keynote, Sans black turtleneck. <laughs> but all right well i, I mean the, the elephant in the room of course is the i i mean now if we go into the apple predictions i mean uh, the the thing elephant in the room is the iphone 5 and I, i'm not i'm more excited for what the thing can do than what the thing actually looks like which i noticed that a lot of people have focused on i noticed earlier in the or last week they put uh, somebody actually took a block of aluminum and actually made a replica of uh, a non-functioning replica of what the iPhone 5 might look like. Um, but I'm more I'm more interested in seeing what they're going to do software-wise because I mean you I, I don't know how much thinner you can get a phone with it being functionally like the iPod Touch for instance. That I think that's as thin as you're going to get before you turn it into something you put in your pocket and you're afraid of actually breaking it. Um, now I can understand with the form factor of course it, it's almost it feels redundant to make something that thin because then it requires you to slap a case on it. Um, well, but I mean I mean then you then you look at the whole iPad 2 situation. I mean they they built that thing around a case. They they sat down and said, "Look, we're gonna we're we're gonna design and engineer this with a case in mind." 
I, I don't see why they can't get a very thin iPhone and develop the same kind of technology into it. So I, Don't get me wrong. I don't want like a trifold thing going over my phone. Maybe something that flips over it. Maybe something that goes to the side and has an option. Maybe it's not even a case at all. Maybe it's something that you slip the phone into. I'm just saying that whatever Tim Cook and Apple Engineering has decided to go with, whatever they present tomorrow is a huge, huge deal. Whatever they present tomorrow is Tim Cook's ass on the line. He is going to have to go out and be the new guy on campus. And if he doesn't show up with the big guns, if he doesn't show up with a new form factor, some sort of new uh, software, some sort of new application, some sort of new environment, and, and not a horrible lack of an environment like King. I mean, we all <laughs> use King for a whole two hours. <laughs> yeah, if that. I mean, we, th- there's, there's no reason that Tim Cook can't come out with something great and, you know, um, progress-based. Apple's been doing it for years. Well, he just has to utilize his team. Well, speaking of which, I mean, I think tomorrow is another thing that they're going to announce is the uh, Facebook uh, iPad app because finally that's been cooking for a while. But even though, you know, Facebook and Apple haven't necessarily had the best relationship, just look at Ping. Um, the the thing with the hardware, I mean, like, all right, so what do we, all right, so what do you think, Andrew? What is going to be the iPhone 5? What do we think that that's going to, come out what do you think some base specs are i mean it has to at least compete with what an android with basic androids are i mean it has to be dual core it has to have at least what a gig of ram it's gonna have a pretty good i mean if you're running on the a5 you're already running a pretty good graphics processor on there i mean you've been able to pull off some really impressive stuff on the ipad too so i mean what do you think i think their their big uh emphasis is going to be on fluidity um after after, after personally using the BlackBerry uh, 9930 uh, off of Sprint and their whole, you know, uh, BlackBerry OS 7 on this liquid graphics platform, I will say I, there was a lot of bugs with the phone. I, I went back to my old Android phone after three weeks with it. Uh, I don't recommend the phone personally unless you're a BlackBerry fanatic. But um, the, the whole thing in that ecosystem that made me almost not give it up was the liquid graphics and how smooth everything ran, and how smooth everything went from one thing to another. And I think that's Apple's big big problem right now. They haven't figured out how to compute out the multitasking to give that kind of an environment and experience in the phone itself. Um, maybe with the A5, they'll be able to do that. I mean, I think putting in this dual-core kind of mentality and this dual-core kind of uh, engineering into, into the programming, um, they're, they're just going to get natural effects that they'll claim to be, you know, big advancements. Like, hey, because we got the A5, our graphics are working better, but we'll call it liquid graphics, or we'll call it, you know, eye graphics, or however they're going to market it out. So, so I, so I think one of the things that we can all see that, all right, it's going to be, so it's going to probably most likely be the A5. So we're going to have a dual core processor. We're going to have a good chunk of RAM. The, the one I think thing that people are wondering is it's going to have 4G, and I don't mean HSPDA plus. I mean, is this going to have WiMAX? Is this going to have LTE? Um, I want it to so bad. I, I, I want Tim Cook to keep his job, and I want him to come out and tell me that I'm getting an LTE WiMAX iPhone 5. Um, I, I don't think it'll happen, though. So, in, in my heart of hearts, I really think they're going to focus on uh, a hardware redesign, maybe a software upgrade, and uh, unless, unless they're going to really go hard on this whole uh, iPhone 4S uh, factor, 
if they're gonna go and get the iPhone 4, make a dumber version of it, but with maybe a faster processor, a uh, cheaper pricing plan, and uh, you know widespread av- availability, then yeah, I get that. Then definitely the iPhone 5, it's it's only advantage it could possibly have would be 4G. Um, but that's if they're gonna come out with two devices. Do you think they're going to personally come out with two? I think that it makes sense, too, because you, you've you had the 3GS as kind of like that $99 price point, you know, entry-level model that people could send. You could still get iOS 4.3 on it. And so that's something where, I mean, it was an inferior way of actually having the, the OS, but, you know, it got people into that ecosystem, which is, I think, what Apple wants most is it's not necessarily having the highest end device, but they just want an Apple product in people's hands. So I think if you launch a high de- a high end device like the iPhone 5, and then you launch like a mid to low range iPhone 4S and you make sure that that, that runs properly and you, you have that going, I think that could be a good that could be a good move on Apple's part just to have, you know, and then you, you know, phase out the 3GS as the kind of like the budget model and you have the iPhone 4, 4S. The, the thing that I'm worried, the thing that I was always wondering about is, you know, those LTE radio chips are kind of big and they also take up a ton of battery. So the quite, I know when they were first interviewed about the iPhone 4, about why didn't they have 4G, why didn't they have LTE, why didn't they have WiMAX, and the other thing was, well, they couldn't keep the form factor how it was, and they couldn't maintain the battery life. So the question tomorrow is, did they figure out those issues? I almost, I'm almost disappointed in, in if I see a thinner iPhone. Like, if, I, if, if, if Cook comes out and tells me, you know, this is the thinnest iPhone yet, little part of me is going to drop a little. I mean, I'm, I'm going to think, one, I'm not getting my 4G unless they've somehow figured out a way to not, you know. <laughs> I really don't trust Apple when it comes to an experimental antenna anymore. So they have to have something that's kind of planned out um, when it comes to how they're going to do this 4G upgrade. But um, I really think, and I don't know why we haven't discussed this before, but uh, what about NFC? I mean, why why would it be out of the question for Tim Cook's big announcement to be maybe a, an iWallet or, you know, something like that? Something to compete directly with Google's wallet pro software that's going on. I mean, the, the, the NFC chips are, are microscopically small. It would be really, really cheap. It would just be a matter of him getting the license. And well, it, it de- all the major credit card companies with, with Apple behind you, there's there's no reason why they do And I think the other thing is is that if uh, I don't know if they're going to take a kitchen sink approach to the iPhone 5. I hope they do just as a consumer, you know, to have a device that does all that. That would be fantastic. But I think uh, going to iOS and what the actual services are, I mean, that's going to be something that we re- that I'm more excited about. You know, I want to see, you know, Apple do, you know, the subscription service for Apple TV and have that go across, you know, have something where you're paying providers because I know they took off the rentals um, for TV shows or seeing something like um, for this assistant, this voice assistant where it's going to be taking, you know, it'll, you say, send a text message to Mary saying that I'll be there at five o'clock and it just does it for you or it, you know, geofences where you are and telling you what you're supposed to be doing. I know they showed demos of iOS 5 doing stuff like that. But at, at the press conference or at the keynote earlier this year, but 
I think that iOS needs to take center stage besides the phone because that form factor is only going to be, oh, okay. I mean, nowadays, if you look at the iPhone 4, it's like, oh, you have an iPhone 4. That's a nice looking phone. But it's yeah. it's what can you do with it? And I think that's going to be – I think software is now becoming – yeah, you know, software is the bread and butter of what these phones are actually do. It's not necessarily the form factor. That's what gets people into want to buy it. But it's it's not even, it's not even a, a matter of the software because because every every bit of the software can almost do the same thing now. There's not there's rare things that one competitor has an edge over to the next. Um, but it's it's more of the user experience, more of the UI and how it's set up. Um, I mean, Apple has it right the way it's working right now they, they got something that's successful but at the same time it's not as efficient as it could be I mean you look at operating systems like Blackberry which are ugly they are disgusting but you just feel like you're getting more done you feel more productive on that operating system uh, I, I almost feel like like when I use an iOS or an Android that I'm kind of using a toy that does grown up things when I want a grown up phone that will do, you know, games and such when I want it to. And and hopefully, you know, I, I, I would be really, really happy if there is some sort of twist to the iOS build and the whole grid system that we're used to. Yeah, because, I, I mean, the, the there's some widget integration shown into iOS 5, but I think that's where Android really has it, where, or even Windows Phone 7, where you can just look at the phone, you know, I, I that's the one thing I do like about Windows Phone 7, or, the, the, or at least in theory, where you just turn on your phone, and it just shows you everything that you needed to know without having to get buried in menus, and I think if... Apple can go ahead and take care of that. I mean, they, they're already taking the notifications from Android. I mean, when they showed it um, earlier this year, people were laughing when they said, all you have to do is get the notifications, just pull on down, just like Android. People were laughing because they thought, oh, okay, you're, you're doing something that Google's been doing since they started their phone business. <laughs> it's a great idea four years ago. Exactly. So, I mean, but... We we all know that Apple's always going to be Apple always with their technology plays catch up with what's going on. I mean, when the 3GS came out, uh, this was after people had been ha clamoring for 3G uh, when they were saying, "Why why am I still on Edge Network?" Which comes on to another thing that Sprint apparently is going to be getting the iPhone, uh, and apparently from what the news story that I was reading over on Engadget is that. Um, they're making a pretty big investment, something to the tune of about twenty billion dollars. Well, yeah, because the whole the whole system that they're building around is is you know the CEO of, of Sprint is almost guaranteeing that he'll get the clientele. I mean, but and he has a, he has an excellent point. I mean, let's say Sprint honestly goes down the road and looks at their pricing options and says, look, we're the last carrier in America offering wireless nationwide internet. Wireless nationwide, or I'm sorry, unlimited. unlimited. Yeah, <laughs> wireless. I'm sorry about that. But uh, no, they're offering an, un, an unlimited service that that is a thing of the past. I mean, those commercials that they are even doing right now illustrate it beautifully. Now the question is, is that because most of Sprint's, a good majority of Sprint's clients are prepaid. The the real question is going to be, are, is Sprint going to be able to get those prepaid people onto contracts? No, that's, that's 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 where you get it mixed up. See, a lot of their a lot of their issues are with Nextel, and Nextel is a whole separate entity and company to, to what I've been told. And uh, from my friends and things who work at Sprint, it's it's a separate entity that they have to deal with. It's, it's yeah, it's of course it's a part of the company, it's part of the Sprint brand, but it's 
I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to eventually get the the iPhone, maybe even an iPhone 3G, to the prepaid base. Uh, once once they kind of take off this whole restriction of not having a smartphone on a on a prepaid plan, then we'll start to see the the later 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 versions of the of the phone coming on in. The other issue that I was reading from, uh, I was reading about Sprint, was that apparently there was some sort of exclusivity deal that they want to do. Um, I doubt that they're going to get that, that, I doubt they're going to get an exclusivity deal, number one being the third biggest carrier. Um, I think Verizon is probably the biggest fish that they have. AT&T, people are jumping ship left and right. Um, I, I think that Verizon needs to be put front and center, and the fact is that they, LTE is is the standard. Sprint says they're going to be doing it. AT and T just launched it, um, and Sprint's going to be launching at the beginning of the year. Verizon, everybody sees it. I mean, when you see Verizon now, LTE, it's almost as if they've claimed the brand LTE. And now that people are moving over to that, I, I think it'd behoove Apple to have this extremely powerful device with a really, really powerful network uh, funneled by Verizon. I think that, number one, I always thought it was a mistake that they went for AT&T first. And that um, ver well, no, the thing you got to remember is Apple's, Apple's not in the business of making the next great product. They're in the business of making you think you're buying the next great product. Apple has always been a company that's been based around getting you to spend your money. It's it's sure they're offering a great new tech you know tech advancement and and such, but a lot of the things they do and they claim to do better, Windows does and does it the exact same quality for cheaper. Their marketing and their whole business model is based on making you want this product more than anything out there. So so <laughs> so when you look at the situation on on all the carriers right now, which carrier is gonna be able to say that they'll have the biggest influence by an iPhone? Was it AT&T at first or Singular? I mean, yeah, they were the middle dog. They were going after a, a, a new brand with AT&T. They realized Singular wasn't going to sell nationwide, so they got AT&T, a, a name that people have trusted since Alexander Bell. <laughs> and and what thing could make people love AT&T more? The next great Apple product. So, yeah, that was a great, a great team for them. Then, when everyone starts going into the debate of what network is better, hey, don't worry about it. We'll release it on this network as well. So Verizon was a great strategy uh, to do there. They don't have to invest anymore in Verizon. They've already got Verizon, and Verizon is going to do anything to keep Apple around. Their next big target has to be Sprint. Just because they need to open up that market base. They want, I mean, if I was, you know, in, in Apple, they want an iOS device in every carrier's hands. So you got 50, you got a, a market of 50 plus million people on Sprint. And that's a huge market base for them that they can start expanding. Not only that, but then think of the choices of the consumer and think of all the, <laughs> of a better term, think of all the bricks that AT&T and Verizon are about to ship when they realize that it's all going to go to Sprint. You're getting the same exact only difference is the price of the plan, and when it comes to that, they will be able to compete with Sprint. Uh, it's true. I, I think that I think it, it, that's going to be great for moving down prices, especially on Verizon's pricing network. Um, 
so finally, let's so wrapping this up a bit because I think we're gonna we're already running over time. Uh, what do you think? And by the way, everyone, for the I know we're having a little bit of audio issues tonight. I know Andrew's gonna figure that out tomorrow before we get our uh, prediction uh, before we get our reaction video uh, reaction podcast up. I'm using a great Apple uh, Apple microphone right now, so hopefully I can get my hands on a, a <laughs> iMic Five tomorrow. <laughs> the uh, but. But we're but the thing is, is so predictions final predictions all right for me uh, there's gonna be two phones coming out there's gonna be a, there's gonna be something in iOS that's gonna be I'm thinking it's gonna be assistant that's just gonna blow people out of the water there's gonna be uh, the funny thing is all we've been talking about we haven't talked about anything about iPods I, I think that because traditionally the September show is usually when they're unveiling iPod stuff. And I think that that's really going to play second fiddle. I honestly don't think there's going to be any, my, my third prediction is I don't think there's going to be any real major refresh. We, uh, the rumors have been that they're, they're going to get rid of the iPhone, uh, the iPod classic, the click wheel iPod, and maybe the shuffle. I don't know why they would get rid of the shuffle simply because of the fact that a lot of people like to buy that. It's 50 bucks. It gets people in. You know, you get people using iTunes. So I think they would hold on to that. Their market share, the, the people buying iPod Classics is going down. They just took off ClickWheel games off of the iTunes store. So it looks pretty clear that they're going to get rid of the iPod, the iPod ClickWheel, the classic. Um, they're going to... I think you'll see minimal bump ups, maybe maybe an i5 in the iPod Touch, maybe a little better screen, maybe an IPS, but I think it's going to be minimal. I don't think you're going to get any real major refresh because Apple likes to keep their products separated. Um, is there going to be a 3G iPod? I don't think so. I think that that would really scare carriers to like have like an a la carte model like they do with the iPod, iPad. It's not like... Yeah. Some, I think that it's it's really going to scare a carrier if you're going to if they do that because then no one's going to drop an iPad for um, you know replace that for phone service. However, if you could figure out a way, you know, just getting enough apps on your iPod Touch, I mean, that's something that if I was a carrier, I wouldn't want. So I don't think I think it's going to be a very minor refresh on the iPod. So so for number prediction number three, I think if we're going to get into crazy predictions. Um, I would love to see a subscription service for Apple TV, um, something that really just gets them out of the belt. I think, you know, uh, Amazon earlier this week really made a case for having a lot of content mobile, mobily, having it wherever, whenever. And so I think that having a subscription service, even showing off that Apple TV that everyone's been talking about. I think that Tim Cook needs to blow it out of the water and this conference is going to have to show everything that, showing that he is in charge of what's going on, not just with the iPhone, but with the all of the iProducts. And so that's going to be the big one. I think that I, I agree, um, but on, on my side, predictions for tomorrow, I'll, I'll make them quick because I heard your little buzzer go off of the overtime. But um, uh, mainly, number one, we are going to see a refresh in uh, in design, in hardware design. Uh, it, it, the, the iPhone cannot look like the other ones. I need to be able to hold this in my hand and say, look, everyone, I have an iPhone 5. Uh, Which is immediately going to make you think that, how could I think that the iPhone 4 looked good? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, 
other big thing, I mean, uh, in, in your kind of category of hopeful and uh, um, such, I really hope that they release something similar to Bridge. Uh, I want to see something, some sort of technology that helps tie my iProducts together. Something where I can Bluetooth connect my iPad or my iPod so I can leave my phone charging in my room and if I get an alert or something, it goes right to my other iOS device. Oh, and I think the iCloud's really going to, I think if they integrate that with iCloud too, just having all of that go together, I think that's going to, I think that'll be something really cool. But if I, if I have to say one, probably the biggest, and we're going to have to agree here, the biggest, biggest prediction for tomorrow is definitely the i10 gallon hat. i10 gallon hat. I think that, that is going to be it. Uh, the the one thing that I'm thinking of just are we going to see Steve Jobs tomorrow? Absolutely not. I think that showing Steve Jobs is almost uh, uh, showing a form of weakness. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any mention other than I'm Tim Cook. I'm running the show. There may be references to Steve. You know, kind of like how during the Republican debates, how they were mentioning Reagan every five seconds. I think <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down in the morning and take a shot for every time I hear Steve Jobs. <laughs> shots during the during the uh, keynote tomorrow. Yes, if he's if Andrew is sloshed tomorrow, uh, you know why. <laughs> Alrighty, well that's probably going to do it for us here tonight uh, at the uh, World in My Pocket podcast. Again, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Justin Valero, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great. We'll uh, we'll be here tomorrow. We'll probably have the podcast up around. I want to say later in the afternoon, maybe about 4 or 5 p.m., we'll have everything all set and ready to go. And please uh, like us on iTunes. Make sure that you you keep going this up. This is our first one of many. So thanks a lot, guys. See ya.